0: Welcome to Hip Hop History. When I was young, one of my favorite movies was Space Jam. There's a remake about to come out starring LeBron James. The one I'm referencing starred Michael Jordan. In this movie, the villain was an alien who ran Moron Mountain. His name was Mr. Swackhammer. Now you're probably wondering why I brought up that movie on a hip hop podcast, especially on an episode about Snoop vs. Suge Knight. There's our connection. Well, mine at least. See, Mr. Swackhammer was a stalky, cigar-smoking boogeyman of sorts, just like Marion Suge Knight. As a child, the two were one in my mind, but that is what made Suge and Death Row the Enterprise it was in the 90s for Snoop Dogg signing with Death Row marked an opportunity for a Rolling 20s Long Beach Crip to make some money. Snoop was Dr. Dre's protege and worked closely with the producer on a creative level. Seeing as Dre is one of music's most brilliant minds, it's clear that the pair had a budding musical connection. Far from a creative, Knight kept the business end handled, retaining ownership of the label spoils and doling out rewards as he saw fit. So while Dre and Snoop were cooking up re- classic, so while Dre and Snoop were cooking up classic records, watching their respective stars rise. Suge was gaining both in music equity and net worth. Snoop found himself wrapped up in a widely publicized murder trial which for which he was acquitted. The legal fees for the trial, which amounted to nearly $5 million, were paid by Suge and Death Row, which were recouped by the publishing and royalties from Doggy Style, which was the main reason for the animosity from Snoop to Suge, at least the start of it. The Dogfather was Snoop's last album on Death Row. With morale low after the death of Tupac and the departure of Dr. Dre, things went even further south after Suge Knight's arrest for probation violation, leading to a nine-year prison sentence. Snoop left Death Row and linked with Master P's No Limit Records. Master P did more than just sign Snoop to a record deal. By Snoop's own telling, he was the reason he got out of his Death Row contract. Snoop said, Master P went to go visit Suge Knight in the penitentiary and and struck a deal because everybody else was scared of him. That's when Suge Knight was the monster, the boogeyman. P went straight to see him, struck a deal, paid him, paid me, got my publishing back. His first parting thoughts towards Suge were far from positive, and his last record that he recorded for Death Row was Fuck Death Row. At this point, Snoop had come to resent Knight's philosophies towards owner Juxtaposed against Master P's outlook, which was closer to that of an educator, and No Limit felt like the move that was needed for Snoop to change his image and fully prosper from his work. Somewhere along the line, possibly coinciding with Shub's forced removal from the game, Snoop became more outspoken about his disdain for Shub. Snoop spoke to his decision to leave Death Row. I was working against the Devil, and through the grace of God, Master P and Priority Records put a deal together that was suitable for me. Knight's perspective, evidenced by prison phone calls and archived interview footage claimed that without him, there would be no Snoop Dogg. Another clip finds an MTV news reporter asking Snoop about Suge's latest dismissal. Suge's response was, he used to be a superstar and now he's just a no limit soldier, prompting an absolutely legendary response from Snoop, he used to be a CEO and now he's just an inmate. The middle finger served as a perfect punctuation mark. Clearly tensions were running high, and the damage was done, and absence had the adverse effect of making the heart grow fonder. Before Suge was ultimately released from prison in 2001, he told a reporter from the Observer of his intentions to revert the game to the wild wild west, I got plenty of scores to he declared. By this point, Snoop had released three records with no limit, appropriately concluding with The Last Meal. Meanwhile, Suge moved to reassemble Death Row as The Row, bringing in names like Crooked Eye and more. It appeared as if he intended to make good on his earlier threats, going as far as to press exhibit about his relationship with Snoop, yet Snoop's gangster was not to be tested. Though Snoop carried himself in an imposing fashion, Snoop decided it was time to put his former associate on blast for all to see. Enter Pimp Slapped, a brazen diss track aimed directly at Suge, and one of the opening Snoop leaves nothing to the imagination, rapping, Suge Knight's a bitch, and that's all my life. It doesn't take long before Snoop extends the invite to a one-on-one, be it the fist or the knife. Even Suge's prison time is under the microscope, with Snoop questioning why such a self-proclaimed hardened individual was never locked down on level four. To add insult to injury, the barrage isn't reserved for Suge, former friend and collaborator. We're gonna take a short ad break here and get right back to the show. Thank you for listening to that ad. Now back to the show corrupt who had recently switched sides on Snoop gets a few lines. All of this in a time where no one dared fire shots at Suge Knight. It's fair to say that 2002 marked one of the beef's highest points. So the story goes, Suge and Snoop both attended that year's Vibe Awards and might have come to blows had it not been for the intervention of peacekeeper Steve Harvey. And while nothing was directly corroborated, in 2004, Vibe Awards incident found Dr. Dre on the receiving end of a sucker punch, though the attacker was swiftly dealt with and quite severely thanks to one young buck. The tensions between the aftermath in Snoop Camp and a newfangled Death Row Murder Inc. Alliance should not be ignored, especially not since each party was well represented, including both Snoop and Suge. It's even said that Suge was sitting a near few feet from Dre, with the attacker having reportedly claimed the attacker having reportedly claimed that Knight was the one who orchestrated the attack. Naturally, Suge's legal team staunchly denied the claims. Despite the tensions between Snoop and Suge reaching near apocalyptic levels, fate would intervene once again after a probation violation sent Suge Knight back to jail. As far back Back as 2013, Snoop has spoken respectfully of Suge to the point where he described their relationship as "cool as a motherfucker." Well, um, I mean, you still got a good relationship with him, today I Me and Suge, cool as a motherfucker. I'm cool with Suge. I'm cool with Master P, Dr Dre. I'm cool with everybody. Yeah, I mean, how can you not be cool with Snoop? But I, I had to go get that cool with him. I had to go sit down with Suge. Suge. <laughs> As he tells it, Shug himself and those involved helped build one of the greatest dynasties that the rap game has ever seen. It seems fair to say that Snoop made peace with the darker days and came to reevaluate his role in shaping history. Snoop revisited the topic with Arian Foster in 2018, explaining how he and Shug took the first step to quashing the beef. As he tells it, Snoop and his security guard were rolling through Vegas when they happened to cross paths with Knight. Snoop and Shug were having a face-to-face. Nobody in there except me and Superfly, reveals Snoop. Superfly ain't no threat, he's just a producer who want to hear exactly what's happening. So Suge and I are chopping it up. The whole conversation is, I loved you. I could have saved you. I had nothing but love for you. And his conversation is, I loved you. I ain't got nothing but love for you. Snoop retorts with a harsh but fair question. Why'd you try to get me pop popped if you love me? You know what? I forgive you. I ain't gonna do nothing. There's people outside that want your head right now. They ain't gonna do nothing to you. You're gonna walk out of here and we're gonna be cool from this day forward. And we've been straight. He spoke about his rekindled friendship with Knight during a 2017 visit to the Breakfast Club. At the time, Knight Knight was in prison on murder charges and Snoop explained that he and Knight had been in contact via phone. Snoop said that looking back at their past beef, he has a better understanding of why Knight made certain decisions and behaved a certain way. Today all signs point to a harmonious relationship between Shub and Snoop, a testament to the power of forgiveness. In fact, Snoop went as far as to honor Shub with a dedication track with his single Bygones Be Bygones. Given everything that they've been through, the fact that Snoop could dub his former enemy a real one is one of hip-hop's great Frank, plot twists of the past ocean. few decades. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hip Hop History. Please like, subscribe, and leave a review if possible. You can also follow us on Instagram at HipHopHistoryPod. Thank you and have a great day.